If you're following the uh, road to relationship, amen. Everybody get one of these pamphlets. You can pick them up out at the information desk after service. But it's on Leviticus 9.23. And Moses and Aaron went into the temple of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all people. Amen. When I think of glory, and it has so many different meanings, but one of them is the manifestation of God. Amen. And I don't know about you, and I, I do know about you, or you wouldn't be here today, but we, we need the manifestation of God in our presence. I want God to manifest himself to me. Amen. We have early morning prayer, uh, the, some of the ministers and the altar workers, they pray over here in the multi-purpose classroom every morning before service. And <clears throat> wow, there's such a power of God that moved in there. And, and I'm just thankful that we can have a time of prayer. Amen. It was a place where, you know, you really don't want to come out. You just want to stay in his presence because of the manifestation. This is the prayer that goes forth from that road to relationship. Lord, I pray that your glory would be revealed to everyone who wants to see and experience you. I don't think that just means the new person. I want to experience God. Amen. And I've been in church for 40 some years, but I want to see his glory and I want to experience God another day. Amen. You feel that way? First Timothy three sixteen is without controversy. There's no dispute. There's no argument about this. Great is the mystery, this hidden truth of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. God, almighty God, who no man can see because he's a spirit, and, but he manifested himself in the body of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That we might be able to have a relationship with him. I'm so thankful Hallelujah. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. I was thinking of, I don't know, there's 7 billion people on this earth and he chose to move upon my heart. I am a privileged individual and I want to seek everything that God has for us. Amen. We are privileged Amen. To be able to feel the presence of God, to be able to have him pull on our heartstrings. Oh, my goodness. He's been so good to me. Amen. And I was the chief among sinners among you, believe me, before he got a hold of my heart. He's a good God. Amen. Well, that's not my Bible study, but got that off my heart. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. <clears throat> kind of all leads into it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. Everybody say war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, everybody say warfare, are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought. All these military terms that are used in here, uh, living for God is a, a warfare. Well, nope, didn't get much response out of that. It's, it's a warfare. Amen. You're going to have to fight for this. 
You can't just come sit on the pew every Sunday and just glide through. Amen. If you are, you're just, you're losing the battle. This is a warfare. Amen. Got to roll up your sleeves, get determined within your mind. Amen. That you're going to fight this battle and that bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We are not warring against the flesh. What we see out into this world, what we uh, feel and touch and in this world and what we're looking at and all the political nonsense that goes on and all over the world and everything that goes on everywhere, that is not where our battle is. But we're fighting a spiritual warfare and he says that we cast down imaginations and every high thing you think about. Uh, when I read it, I think about maybe the universities that uh, try to say there is no God and, or the governments that try to push out God, amen, but casting down all these imagination and any high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought, amen. So the battle... <clears throat> For us, that battlefield is in our mind. It's, it's fought with when, how we think, amen? Bringing into captivity every thought. I, I can remember, it's been several years ago now, but I thought, man, every thought, every thought that we can bring into captivity, that, that old saying that says, you know, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair, Amen? So we have that, we're always going to have those thoughts, but when we are in this warfare and it's a battle, it's something you're going to have to strive for, but you can captivate those thoughts that are not the right thoughts and bring them into obedience unto Almighty God. Amen? And we can bring God into it, hallelujah, and when we bring God into it, all power is at our disposal. Amen? So Jesus was always trying to get the people when he was here on the earth, he was always trying to get them to think differently. He was trying to get them to use their mind. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? That's a pretty good question right there. Amen. I hope you all ask that question. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, Jesus said unto him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? And he, answer, he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. I mean, we read those words, and with all thy mind, amen, and thy neighbor as thyself. We just kind of overread those words. Yeah, yeah, we love the Lord. But there's a lot more than just reading over those and saying, I love the Lord. There's a battle there for us to accomplish that, to live with him in everything that we have. Amen. Everything that we have, we give to the Lord. Hallelujah. With all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. He said unto him, thou hast answered right. Jesus told this guy. He said, thou hast answered right. This do and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself said to Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And now we're not going to read the parable of the Good Samaritan, but that's where this comes in. And I think uh, most of us are probably aware of it. But if you're not, the, there was a man that went on a journey, a Jewish man that went on a journey to Jerusalem. And on the way, he got robbed, beat up, thrown to the side, left for dead. And along uh, come a Levite who is a Jewish leader. And he, 
he come over and he passed by on the other side, didn't help the man. Then there came a, a priest, also a Jewish uh, religious leader at that time, and he came over, looked at him, and then just kept on going. But then there was a Samaritan, and that's where the parable of the good Samaritan comes by. He stopped. He helped him. He bound his wounds, put him on his own donkey, took him to an inn, took care of him for a day or so. And then when he left, he told the innkeeper, keep him and keep taking care of him. When I come back through this way, I'll pay you whatever needs to be paid. Amen. And so that was the story that Jesus told, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And in verse 36, it says, he said to the man that asked the question, now, which of these three thinkest thou? What do you think about that? He said, what are you thinking? Who, which of these threes was neighbors to him that fell among the th- amongst the thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, go and do thou likewise. Think about it. He wants us to think about the word of God. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I am? Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15, Jesus said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? What do you think about it? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven. Flesh and blood does not reveal unto us spiritual things. Revelation, the glory of God, the manifestation. It's not coming through just going through the motions, but it's a revelation that's revealed unto us by almighty God. Amen. So Jesus is always trying to get them to think differently. Romans 12 verse 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He gives us a new mind. And I don't know about you, but when I first came into the church and I got filled with the Holy Ghost, my mind was renewed. And I don't know if it was as vivid for everybody as it was for me, but I went home a different individual. I saw things differently. And I just assume it's not just me, but that's how it is. When you get the baptism of Almighty God, the Holy Spirit within you, you have a new perception on life. You see things differently. Hallelujah. You don't see things like you used to see them. Amen. 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen. A new creation. You are reformed. You are remade. There is a change in your life. And um, it says old things are passed away. What are the old things that are passed away? You still go home. You still look the same on the outside. You still have all the bills when you get home. Amen. All those things, they don't just pass away. Amen. You go home, you still have your problems, your troubles. You still have your victories and and your mountaintops. Amen. But there's old things are passed away. Your thinking, that old way of thinking is changed. Hallelujah. From temporal things, hallelujah, to the eternal. Amen. I'm so glad. But we got to keep our effort. We got to be in the fight 
to still keep our minds on the eternal things, to look under the things of heaven and the things of God. Otherwise, we get our eyes down here on the old temporal things and the things that we need to help us in this life. And it can be very depressing. But when we become that new creature, Christ in us, Amen. Old things become to pass away and behold, all things become new. It's a new world. Hallelujah. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, I encourage you to receive it today before you leave. Amen. Because it will change your life. Hallelujah. It will change your perspective of Almighty God in your whole life. Amen. Paul wrote about it. Peter wrote about it. Peter said, gird up the loins of your mind prepare for action your mind it says hallelujah gird it up come to to take a to capture that mind and to prepare it for action romans 12 verse 3 paul tells them to think soberly think soberly no think of yourself too highly than you ought to think but think soberly about what you're doing and about how you're living your life in your right mind amen Solomon in Proverbs 23, 7, he says, for as he thinketh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Amen. We, what we think within ourselves is how we are. Amen. Is what we're going to be. What we think about God is how far we're going to go with God. Amen. And the bigger we make him in our thoughts and in our minds and in our imaginations, the more, the further, and the greater the glory of God is going to be revealed to us. You believe that? You can go back to the first verse of Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And what you believe about that, it doesn't matter what any scientific proof comes out or what anybody else says. You just know the word of God. You believe in the word of God. You trust in the word of God. In the beginning, God. Hallelujah. And then in the end, it's going to be God. And whatever happens in between, they, they, can change, they do change their minds all the time. You know, it's always different every year of what they believe really happened in creation. But in the beginning, God. And in the end, it's going to be God. Hallelujah. So we just need to realize that we get that into our minds and into our gizzard, as we used to say. Get that into your heart. Be fixed on it. Gird up that mind. Prepare it for action. And God can reveal himself to us. Hallelujah. In ways that we've never dreamed or even thought about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Solomon said it. He said, as a man thinks in his heart, hallelujah, so is he. So we're given even this filter in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. So when you're daydreaming and you could bring yourself into, bring your mind into captivity, when you're sitting there just contemplating things, put it through this filter. Is it true? Is it honest? Are they just? Is it pure? Amen. Don't live in some kind of a dream world. Amen. But come to the reality. Pure, honest, just, true. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that the word of God gives us direction in what we can go? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And when we have this uh, uh, mentality, if you will, in our in our lives to to filter it through here, 
and uh, realize that God is desiring to move in our lives and God is trying to reveal unto us. We don't have to think on the things that are not right, but we can think on the things that are of God. And that's why he gives us prayer. So he says, filter it through here. I'm giving you my word. I'm giving you some things and we could go on and on. It's 45 minutes is not enough time, of course, to cover all the things that talks about using your mind. This is where the battlefield is, right up here. Amen. Using your mind and praying to help us to get our minds in the right direction. Amen. Praying always in the uh, Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the warfare, and we'll talk about it a little bit later here. In this morning, but it talks about putting on that whole armor of God there again. We're, we're talking about the battle that we're in and the, this great war that we are in fighting. And so it says, put on the whole armor of God. And, and it says, praying always in verse 18, Ephesians chapter 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. There's no substitute for prayer. I said, there's no substitute for prayer. Prayer is the primary thing because it's when we begin to converse to God. When we begin to pray to God and to seek his face and we begin to talk to him and say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, do your work in me. That's when the word of God can come alive to us in our lives. That's when we're able to see things in the word of God. When we say, Lord, speak to me. God, I want to be in communion with you. Amen. You need to be in communion with God. Develop a prayer life. And, and prayer, you know, it's a, and I don't know, I'm not any kind of expert on prayer, but I've, in my development of my prayer, it's just been more of a time when I'm able to sit down with God and just to talk to him out of the pureness of my heart. I don't try to use the King James Version and prayer. and Oh, Heavenly Father, Thou art worthy of all Thy praise. And, and uh, even though there's nothing wrong with that, but God, I need You today. I need You to help me as I walk this life. I'm nothing without You, Lord. I need Your touch. Hallelujah. It's that prayer. It's just getting real with God. Hallelujah. Amen. And he says, pray after this manner when you pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. My goodness, there's a battle there. Every morning, this is a daily prayer we should be praying, and maybe two or three times a day. Thy will be done. That's when we really have the battle. That's where we see it within our mind. We're, not, we're saying, God, not the things I want to do, not the direction I want to go, but what is your will, God? What is your will for me in my life? First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, but you are a chosen generation. Do you believe that? Do you believe that in your mind? Think on that for a minute. Do you believe that, that you're a chosen generation? A lot of people that I meet, they just, even Christians, you know, they just always are down on themselves and always, you know, uh, you know, I'm just not good enough and all this stuff. We are a chosen generation and we're not perfect. I know that we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes, but I want to get on the other side of that constantly thinking bad about my life to the other side where I just know my righteousness is in almighty God. My goodness is only from Almighty God. Hallelujah. I am made pure and holy through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. God in us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But we're a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood, 
a holy nation, a peculiar people. I don't know what that means, but we are kind of odd sometimes. That you should show forth the praises of him that has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That you should show forth the praises, hallelujah, of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That you should show forth the praises of him, hallelujah, that has brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Can we lift him up for just a minute and thank him for his marvelous light? Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We were blind. We didn't know where we were going, but we thank you, God, that you touched our lives. You are marvelous, O Lord, and your light is glorious. Shine upon us, O Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm doing everything I can to make it through this message here this morning because I woke up with such an appreciation that God has moved upon my heart. Such an appreciation that I'm able to be a part of a church that loves God and seeks after God. And to be associated with great people like you guys are, it just dumbfounded me today. And I just, I don't deserve it, but God, God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. Which in times past, we were not a people but now the people of God, hallelujah. We didn't have any inheritance. We didn't have any name. But now we are people of the name, hallelujah. We have a God, hallelujah, who is our father. And we are his children. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We had not obtained mercy. We were lost without hope. I can remember laying on my bed lost and without hope. Drunken stupors were the only way I was able to get my mind off of all the torments and everything else. But God got a hold of my heart. And I obtained mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for mercy. And he's no respecter of, of people. If you're here today and you need the mercy of God in your life, I want you to know he is a merciful God. His characteristic is love. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust. That war against the soul. We're just strangers in this life now. We've got a new vision. We're just pilgrims. Abstain from the fleshly lust. That war against our soul. Hallelujah. So he's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is the battle between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And it's a short distance between the two. It's one step away, either direction. Amen. There's no gray area in this. You're either in the church or you're not in the church. Amen. We need to realize that the devil, who is the king and prince of this darkest world, amen, he is fighting with everything he can to get you. He goes around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 
But thank God, hallelujah, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Corinthians tells us what communion hath light with darkness. We don't need it in our lives. It reminded me as I was studying this, I think it was Joshua in, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, and the children of Israel were getting ready to cross over into the promised land. And he said, I, I record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. And I thought, you know, that's what we call a no-brainer, right? Life, okay, here, life, death, blessing, cursing. Think about it. That's a no-brainer. You don't have to think very hard, right? We want life. We want blessings. And God has all of that for us. Hallelujah. God desires to give it to us. Revelation chapter 21, verse 22. And I saw no temple. This is John, the revelator, seeing a glimpse of heaven. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are in the temple of it. And the city had no need of sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. Hallelujah. Remember that old song to, in the city where the Lamb is the light. There's a country far beyond the starry sky. There's a city where there never comes a night. If we're faithful, we shall go there by and by. Tis the city where the lamb is the light. Hallelujah. In that city where the lamb is the light, the city where there comes no night, I've a mansion over there. And when I'm free from toil and care, I'm going where the lamb is the light. Stay in the battle. Stay in the fight. There's going to be uh, turmoils and tribulations down here on this earth. But one of these days, we're going up yonder. Hallelujah. To the city. They don't need any sun, any moon, any, any lamps for the light the night. Because the Lamb, Jesus Christ, who was slain from the foundation of the world, is the light. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. In the beginning, in John chapter 1, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shineth into the darkness. He's shining into the darkness, but the darkness comprehended at night. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. John the Baptist, the same came to bear witness of the light, that all, the light that lighteth all men through him might believe. He was not that light. John was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Verse 9, that was the true light, Jesus Christ, that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. God just doesn't pick certain individuals, but that light shines to every man. There's a glimmer of light that comes into everybody's life at some time, and whether or not we comprehend it or not, or grasp or hold it or not, that's on us, amen? But I'm trying to get you today to think about it today. 
think on it, amen, to realize, hallelujah, that Jesus is trying to shine that light in each and every one of our lives. That was the true light. So if there's a true light, we know that there's a false light, amen? So we need to stay in the battle. We need to fight so we, need to, so we can recognize what the true light is, and that's the word of God, and what the false light of light is, and and I just happen to believe that false light is false doctrine. They look good, they they look pretty, they got big congregations, but they're not preaching the truth. That's a false light, amen. But when we look into the Word of God and we find the I'm thankful for this church that preaches truth. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He was in the world. The world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. John 3, 19 says, and this is the condemnation. That light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Don't be surprised when the world hates you, Jesus said. They hated me. They're going to hate you. They want to remain in darkness. But we are the church. Hallelujah. We want God to make manifest into our life. Hallelujah. Everything that he needs to shine within us. I think it was the psalmist in uh, Psalms 19 that said, uh, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. Reveal, he says, reveal unto me my secret faults. Make them known unto me. Then I shall be innocent of the great transgression. Amen. God wants to reveal unto us. But if you love darkness rather than the light, then your deeds are evil. For everyone that doth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light. Lest his deeds should be reproved, they be made known. Amen. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest. God, we're coming to you. Let your light shine in my heart, O Lord. Hallelujah. Reveal unto me everything that I need to know that needs to be gotten rid of in this life. Hallelujah. Because this world is going to pass away. Hallelujah. It's a temporal world. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of of God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him you're a child of God. Amen. He gives us that power to become his children. Hallelujah. Which were born not of the blood. Here we go again. Nor of the will of the flesh. It's not the flesh, but it's by the will, nor by the will of man, but by the will of God. Hallelujah. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Hallelujah. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So we know that this kingdom of darkness is trying to get our soul. And we know that the kingdom of light is just shining there for us and saying, enter in and I'm going to give you the power to, to walk it and to live for me. Amen. Therefore, because we see this in 2 Timothy 2 verse, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier. We are soldiers in God's army. We are soldiers in God's army. And there's going to be hardness. There's going to be tribulations. There's going to be trials. But no man, verse 4, war, that warreth entangleth himself 
with the affairs of this life. Don't get entangled. I know we have to live. I know we have to occupy until he comes. But don't get in. Don't have transactions. Don't do any negotiation with the enemy. Amen. In this life that he may please him that hath chosen him to be a soldier. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. This is in 1 John 2.15. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. The world passes away. Everybody say, the world passes away. The lust thereof, that he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amen. The only decision, and I said this at a funeral that I was uh, speaking at the other uh, last Thursday, I said, you know, the only decision that's going to matter really 100 years from now, no decision you make is going to matter 100 years from now, except the decision of whether you're going to serve God, live for God or not. Amen. Any other decision, what house you want to buy, what car you want to buy, where you're going to work, where you're going to live, all these things. It's not going to matter 100 years from now, but your decision to say, God, I want you to manifest yourself to me in my life and in my heart. Amen. That's going to matter for eternity. Amen. So verse 16 gives us the three battlefields of this warfare that we're in. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We find the battle from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. He was tricky. Amen. He said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the woman said, and the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. There's the lie right there. For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be God. You shall be as God's knowing good and evil. And there's the temptation. Verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant, to the eyes, amen, the lust of the flesh, salt was good for food, lust of the eyes, it was pleasant to the eyes, and the pride of life, a tree desired to make one wise, she was going to be like God, pride, so in the very beginning, we know that these temptations came upon humanity, and they fell to the temptations, and it's the same temptations that we face the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. But here's two points that I wanted to point out in sin, that sin drives us from God. Amen. The Bible said there that they hid themselves from God. It wasn't necessarily that God withdrew himself from them, but they withdrew themselves from God. Amen. Sin causes us to do the blame game. We look around and we find all the different reasons of why we, we don't do right. Or why we don't live for God. We look everywhere, but there is no, you're going to stand in judgment. 
And you're not going to have any excuses in judgment. I don't care. And I don't want to minimize anybody's trials and tests and what people may have done to you or what uh, tragedies you've gone through in your life. But I want you to know that you stand before God, just you and your life. Hallelujah. And you can change any situation in your life, anything that you're going through, any past. That's what the whole word of God is all about, forgetting that. You can become new creature, amen, start anew, but don't fall to these temptations. It's what we're all guilty of and what we all have to battle against every day. The good news is that Jesus was tempted in that same way in Luke chapter 4, verse 1. It says, and Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it may be, be, may be made bread, the lust of the flesh. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Not the natural, but the spiritual. Here again, we're making that comparison before the temporal things and the eternal things. The devil taketh him up into a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment time. The lust of the eyes. He showed it to him. All these things. Look upon them. Look, I'm going to give them to you. He said, the devil said, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me to whom I will uh, give it. Amen. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And then he brought him into Jerusalem and set him upon a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. He's saying, Prove yourself. Prove yourself to who you are. What is that? That's the pride of life. And he said, is it, it is written, uh, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, least at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Amen. The word of God, Jesus combated every temptation through the word of God. And that's how we're going to have to battle with through the word of God. Amen. I know the word of God. Be in the word of God. Amen. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, set your affection on things that are above and not on the things of this earth. Amen. To affection simply means to exercise the mind to be mentally headed in a certain direct, direction intensively. Amen. Are you headed, purposely headed in the right direction? Amen. Are you have on the mind of Christ? Have you put on the mind of Christ? But thanks be to God that even though these temptations are out there, we find that they fell in the garden. Jesus overcame them. And because he overcame them, we can overcome them. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities because but was 
at all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He was tempted in all the points, just like we're going to be tempted, but he was without sin. Hallelujah. And he said he can be touched. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows our weaknesses. He knows where we've failed. He knows where we are not doing the right things, but he has mercy and compassion. And he tells us this great invitation that he's given to us. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Amen. He's there for you. He wants to help us. We just have to open up to him. Amen. We just have to say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. So as we identify this enemy, we need to realize, like we read in the first of this study in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, we're in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. This flesh is not our warfare. We have to re constantly remember that. Ephesians chapter 6, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the cunning devices of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There we have that comparison again. But against principalities. You know, we're not in battle against each other. We are not in competition with each other. Amen. Your neighbor, your boss, whoever it is that's giving you a hard time, that's not your battle. Amen. God, that we are not wrestling against those things. That may be there and it may be real and it may be very real. Amen. But the real battle is the battle for our souls to live for God, to put on this whole armor that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickednesses in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. You can read about it in Ephesians chapter 6, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. That's how we're going to battle it. Amen. But we have some great promises in the word of God. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Whatever you're going through, somebody else has been through it. You're not the only one. You're not the first one. And you won't be the last one. There's no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. Because they all fall under these same temptations. These same battlefields. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes. Pride of life. They all fall in there somewhere. Amen. But God is faithful. Everybody say God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted of that which you are able to make away. But will... Uh, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Galatians 5, 16 says this, I say then, walk in the spirit, walk after the spirit, do everything you can to walk after Christ, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. They're enmities one another, they're against each other. These are contrary one to another, 
so that you can not do the things that you would. First John 4 and 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? Aren't you thankful for the power of Christ in our lives? Amen? Praise the Lord. God bless you.